Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Here we are. It is time for the show. Let's get these other groups in here. Awesome. Good morning. It is Thursday, March 24th. April's right around the corner. It's almost the weekend. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing good, and uh, being that this is my 49th year, it seems like the months are just flying by. Uh, it's like, wait a minute, we're in April already. I just turned 49. I don't want to be 50 yet. So thanks for that reminder that it's almost April. <laughs> yeah, we're almost there. It's going to be great. Uh, the off season is in full swing. Honestly, I think we're getting to the point where things are going to start to slow down here and kind of prepare for the draft. But I feel like I said that last Tuesday. And then uh, the whole Tyree kill thing happened. So uh, who knows? There's happen. something every day. It's, yeah, it's just, that's what's I'm like, you know, I keep asking y'all. I'm like, I, I, I haven't been in like an NFL beat like this covering free agency. I did some, I did a lot of draft stuff and, but you know, I was mostly college football recruiting and draft. I was like his free agency. It's never been like this. Right. I just, I don't remember this many, especially, you know, the quarterbacks changing and all that type of stuff. It's just been, it's been nuts. Yeah. This has been, I mean, I can't, you can't even sit down, right? It's just all of a sudden chaos uh, happening here. I'm, I'm, who knows what happens? I mean, Baker Mayfield still has to resolve. There's still some good free agents out there too. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, that whole thing. Are they going to have to just keep him? Uh, who knows? I'm just, it's also, I can't wait to see how the quarterbacks play out. Malik Willis going two, Kenny Pickett six. I mean, who knows? Thank God the Broncos aren't involved in that anymore. So I don't have to sweat it. It's just, it's kind of fun to sit back and watch. Uh, God bless Russell Wilson. Um, we Speaking of God bless, Ethan kicking us off immediately with the 20 pounds. Uh, morning, gents, in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. It's awesome to hang out with you and talk ball with you. Luke Wright's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Season is so far away. I just can't wait. Let's ride. Let's uh, let's get some summertime going first. Um, but uh, absolutely, summer will be here before you know it. And then the season will be right around there. I messed up the start time. I don't know what happened there. Uh, <laughs> EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Let's ride. Peter, I don't recognize this name. Peter. Terranova. Good morning, guys. The light work morning at work today. Got some time to listen. How are we doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to kind of talk uh, about today's topic. I kind of had a little bit of a revelation, 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 revelation. last night. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's wrong. Uh, revelation last night about the, this team. So uh, we'll get into that here in a bit. Stephen Baumgartner coming in here with the Russell Wilson picture I like that, Stephen. It's a uh, I like it a little bit more than the last one we had um, with the <laughs> true lock. Yeah, Read thank his you. News uh, and stop talking. Oh my gosh. Um, you're right. Good news. <laughs> Good morning, guys. I got engaged last night. Hashtag Russ is my QB. Well, Steven, I was razzing you there. I probably should have read the content first, but uh, congrats, man. Everyone, everybody in the chat, give uh, Steven a big congratulations. Yeah, Steven, congratulations. That's awesome. That's I'm happy for both of you. Uh, okay. Well, before we get any further, obviously, this is uh, Broncos for Breakfast live with you guys every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday morning at 7 30 Mountain Time, 6 30 a.m. where I am. Man, they, they, the spring ahead has been rough but we're starting to get there um yeah goodness but uh that's how you miss things right i'm, I'm already through my coffee cup it hasn't kicked in yet i drink it so fast but make sure you're following scott on twitter scott is at scout kennedy and i am at nick kendall mhh also make sure you're following us at huddle pod and at mile high huddle uh facebook folks 
Make sure you're at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Also, please subscribe, like, and share. And I see we got people coming in here. Uh, make sure you click a like on the way in or a heart react or a care react or a, one of one of those guys at the wow. Uh, we'll take we'll take it and uh, appreciate you guys joining us this morning. We got EJ coming in saying again, I'm so happy Tyreek Cheetah Hill is no longer in the AFC West. No more seeing him chuck up the peace sign to the end zone, but the Chiefs were not going to extend him a huge contract. Definitely uh, Sean Burns coming in. Good morning to you. We got Michael coming in with the $2. Thank you so much, Michael. Thoughts on Cameron Thomas at 64 if Lucas is gone. So yeah, draft talk, man. We're going to really have to start to get in the nitty gritty of the draft. A lot of times it's pretty fun and easy just to coast on. You have a top 10 pick, or we can just argue elite talents. Now we get a little bit into the uh, minutia and we're going to see uh, a little bit of flexing on the 64th pick, a little bit of depth. For me, I like Cam Thomas a good bit, but I think he's he's got a little bit of DeMarcus Walkerism in him where he's almost too much of a tweener for me. Um, he's, I don't know if he has the explosiveness, uh, to hang at the edge. And I don't know if he has the ability to anchor to play inside. So it's like, where, where are you moving him? Where are you playing him? There are going to be some reps where he's going to be okay as a, like one gap attacking five technique type, or maybe even a three technique type. But I just, I think at 64, maybe that's a little bit rich for me. Um, because I just, I feel like he's a little bit too tweener. I don't, I don't know where he's going to stick. Uh, I guess is the main thing. Well, it's hard because he hasn't done any of his testing either. You yeah, know, he hasn't done his combine, so I just googled pro day, and so I don't honestly, I don't know a lot about him. Michael, appreciate the 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 stars. I didn't get to watch him a lot at San Diego State, and uh, he wasn't the Senior Bowl. And if he was, then he was. Then, he got. Then he I definitely handy. don't want. Him, but he, I don't think he 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 participated. No. Did he? Uh, he got measured at the Senior Bowl, and then mm-hmm. like on the field the first day, he's like, ah, I got a hamstring that tweaks. We're mm-hmm. gonna call it. So uh, good call by him. Um, that's what you got to do. I don't I don't fault him for that at all. But yeah, yeah, Cam Thomas. Um. Man, I think he was one of the tops in college football this year for the San Diego State Aztecs, uh, playing um, tackles for loss, sacks, et cetera, et cetera, in the Mountain West Conference. But he didn't really go up against a gauntlet of good uh, offensive line talent. You know, a lot of people are knocking Kayvon Thibodeau for the Pac-12 offensive line talent. Like, well, it's even worse, typically, for the uh, Mountain West. So he's fine. Um, If they took him at 64, I'd get it. I just don't see a trait that I'm hanging my hat on for him. Um, If you're looking for somebody who's a little bit tweenery, Scott's not as high on him, but man, I really like the tape. Uh, Logan Hall uh, interests me more as far as an inside outside guy. Um, Overall, especially with the twists and stunts. Uh, My my sample is smaller because it was just senior bowl, but going against those guys, if that's what I'm looking at and using as my grading point right now, uh, he didn't, he didn't do very well. Uh, He didn't, he didn't stand out. I thought he got handled. Um, fairly well uh Cameron Thomas you know going back to you know the competition doesn't bother me as long as you're dominating it and as long as you show that you have the physical attributes to take care of it Troy Anderson would I think would be a star no matter where you put him uh he dominated his competition then he's got plus physical attributes but with Cam I don't know what to make of them you know the, the phrase I've always used is you know Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson whether he's playing here or there it doesn't matter he's still Adrian Peterson um, you, you just as long as you were dominating your competition and you were showing the the motor and all of those things, okay, I'm interested. Now, what are your physical traits? Do they translate to higher competition? And then, then I feel pretty good about it. But he hasn't he hasn't tested yet. Yeah. So the uh, you know the six four two sixty seven put him puts him in a nice area for size. Could be could be a tweener or might not be. He might be a freak. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. So. Uh, looking forward to uh, to to his pro day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave coming in with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. Jeremy and the stars. The stars and, and the, the stars. Mm-hmm. Okay, he must have had another comment there because it was that was on YouTube. So 
Thank you so much for the Dave's stars as well. The place. Look at that. Thank you, Dave. Dave's everywhere. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Jeremy in the house. Good morning, all. Cheetah sighting on South Beach. Uh-oh. Look out. Uh, CC. Yeah, that, kids. That, that, that throws my mind somewhere completely else because, you know, you think South Beach, and I don't know about you. I think, well, beach. Beach, I think yeah. bikinis and girls. And 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 uh, the Cheetah is one of the most famous uh, adult clubs in the nation here in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. Cheetah on mm-hmm. South Beach, my mind went somewhere else. And I thought, oh, yeah, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Do you have any ads for Cheetah for us today? No. Okay. CC coming in. Morning, y'all. Good to see you. Uh, Cheetah got himself paid. Yes, he did. He saw that Devontae Adams deal. I mean, shout out to the Jaguars getting Christian Kirk paying him that money. And there then you Devontae go. Adams. That's where it started. Yep. Christian mm-hmm. Kirk. Domino effect, man. It's amazing. Um, Christian Kirk gets what? Set... I can't remember the contract. It was so silly. Um, and then Devontae Adams like, oh, I need me one of those. Packers can't. Uh, he wants to go, but he gets the money even higher because of what Christian Kirk got. Was Christian and... four for 84? It might have been. I thought it was something like seventeen million a year or fifteen. It may have been five for eighty-four then. Yeah, it may have been five for eighty-four. Um, but it was eighty-four. I remember that. Um, like I think it was four for. It might have been four for eighty-four. Yeah, at twenty. Crazy. I, I actually, I think that the first domino might have even been a a year ago, two years ago. Uh, Devonte or uh, excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins getting traded and getting that massive deal, massive deal um, from the Texans, all right, from the Cardinals. And then uh, then it's Christian Kirk, then it's Devonta Adams, and then it's Tyreek Hill. So I guess all roads lead back to Bill O'Brien. Uh, Steven Tobacco coming in here. Morning, gentlemen, Broncos country. Good to see you. Craziest offseason in NFL history, no doubt about that. We're not done. Um, we're not we're done. Not, we're not done. Nope. I can't wait for the draft. Oh, it's so fun just to sit back now and not have to worry about it. Scott, I was a little bit bummed we didn't do a top 10 mock yesterday on your channel. We'll, we'll get a chance. Um, did yeah, there's too much news. That's okay. Uh, yeah, Steven Tobacco. It's, it's just like, it's strange. I'm like, oh, yeah, we were on the Falcons, and the Falcons still have an eight. They're they're all in on quarterbacks right now. They've got nine people in Cincinnati at Desmond Ritter's Pro Day today. Hmm. Interesting. He seems like a culture builder kind of guy. I don't know if I'd marry my I like him 40 him. and beyond. Yeah. You know, yep. again, I don't want any of these guys at eight. I like him second round, especially you pick up an extra third. Love it. Yeah, what about it. the value of the fifth round option trading up to 32 just to get that extra year of control for especially for what the quarterback market is doing right now? Is that wor- worth exploring or is it he's just not good enough? Depends to get on what it costs you. Period. Yeah, that's, depends on what it costs you. Again, they've got so many holes and I don't think he's good enough that I don't want to I don't want to trade up at all yeah. in this draft. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're, uh, you know, looking if you're the Broncos and you're looking to fill, you know, you've got you're talking about, OK, I can use an upgrade here, here, here. Then packaging a couple and maybe moving up makes more sense to me, even though I still like the depth in this draft. I'd rather have two players than one because yep. I feel better about one of those guys becoming the guy. Yep. Um, when you're, you know, in the where the uh, a team like the Falcons are, I want as many picks as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Desmond Ritter, Scott, buy or sell. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we got uh, Stephen Tobacco coming in here. Don't forget to like on the way in. He's right about that. We got Miguel coming in. Good morning, fellas. I'm sure Miguel with the stars here. So because Miguel is always supporting us. Either way, we appreciate you joining us to Miguel. Um, Jeremy coming in. Hill was traded to the second best move the Broncos offseason. Definitely possible. Um, it was up there. Uh, we'll get into that. And I, I want to have some scheme discussion about Hill, too. Uh, EJ coming in saying, Nick and Scott, thoughts on Matt Walesco and Max Mitchell at tackle if Abraham Lucas is gone at 64? Way too, way too rich uh, for me at pick 64. You're going to have better options there for both of them. Yeah, Max Mitchell tested Mm -hmm. really poorly. Um, He did not stand out at the Senior Bowl either. He was was bad at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. I was... He was... He he wasn't good at the... Well, let's go flash for me. I'm like, okay, I, I see... 
uh, there's, you know, again, six foot eight, 315 pounds, and he's too thin. I'm like, yeah. you say that out loud, and you're like, that just sounds so stupid. But it, it's true. He, he can use a few extra pounds of, you know, lower body strength. But mm -hmm. I, I saw things that I really like from Matt Walesko. I didn't see him in Max Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see them. So I, uh, I saw, er, you know, early on, and this is why, you know, I, I pay attention to stuff as a reference, but it's like, oh yeah, Max Mitchell, you know, end of the first round. I'm like, uh, seventh, what'd you say? Um, yeah. and it, it, it ends up some of those early takes end up looking really bad. And I'm part of it too. I get it. If you're going to make an early estimate on guys, you're, you make enough predictions, you're going to end up looking like an idiot uh, enough, yeah. but, uh, Max Mitchell, not not for me. No, um, maybe like round five not, or six, fifth, fifth or later, fifth or yeah. later. Yep. And uh, Walesco, you hit it. Uh, he needs a year just eating. Um, his base <laughs> has some issues, uh, but he's one of three tackles that I think you could probably get from pick ninety six to what is it one sixteen that I'd be interested in. Um, you also have uh, Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. I like Braxton Jones better than both of them. Yeah, he's more built right now. Um, we took Matt Olesko over Braxton Jones, but that's because we've taken Braxton Jones multiple times in a previous uh, the mock draft on Monday. Um, but the other one to keep an eye on is a Spencer Buf Buford from University Burford. of Texas. Burford, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I think there's an extra R in there because Buford is a high school real close to me that is a is a sports powerhouse. Okay, uh, so it's I try and mess that up every time. It is but Buford. Okay. Buford, okay. I swear uh, it was different on the senior. I'm going to look at my senior bowl roster now. Well, he moves well. He's got the requisite arm length. Um, I think he's pretty good. One guy that I know that is an outside zone scheme that I'm probably not going to touch is uh, Kellen Diesick, Dies, Dies, uh, the offensive tackle from Arizona State. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a, I'm a metrics person and a thresholds person. 32 and a half arm length, I believe, is what he had. I'm, I'm not touching a tackle there. He's also 6'7 and very light. Uh, a lot of times, guys, if they don't have the requisite arm length, can kick inside with uh, the, the body type that uh, Kellen I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Kellen Desick has, um, he's only a tackle. And with the arm, like I'm just really concerned about that. So, I mean, he's somebody his, I've listened to a few people talk about him and it said his body type standing next to him is legitimately weird. It's like, buddy, can you pull your phone out of your pocket? I'm not sure you can given how short your arms are. <laughs> uh, so it's, I'm probably out on him, uh, just cause the body type is so weird. And I don't see a path for him failing inside. Like I want to, if I'm going to take a guy like that, sorry to, come on that guy's life but uh, no that's great just reminded me of a bit from eddie murphy talking about this guy who was so short waist he's like excuse me let me get my wallet yeah <laughs> just the great eddie murphy just adore that man yeah he's a good um, one uh, who's a good one too colin wood i noticed it is burford i so burford. wherever i copied this original uh i was like i'm pretty sure it's burford because i remember that sticking out okay um spencer burford well UTS let's go in jones i like them both a lot uh yeah. i I think I probably advocated for Waletsko in our draft, but I I could go either again, way. A different day. That one, those two are, are close enough. Flip a coin. Yep. I like them both a lot. Yep. Then they have the requisite arm length, body type. I think Braxton Jones is closer right now. Um, he carries his weight better. Uh, I'm just can, can Waletsko uh put on the weight in the base? I don't know. Um, I know these teams like they measure like the width of your hips and like the, the knee circumference, which ankles. is like ankles. You know those kind of things That's that are ankles. I'll never put on any weight. I mean, I don't have the data in front of me, but I won't roll my eyes because there are sometimes some weird uh, I know. indicators I know. that it's, it's like, just, huh, this adds up. <laughs> it's like, wow, we're going to we're going to end this guy's career because his ankles are too skinny. Yeah. Goodness. 
it's just harsh. It, yeah. And it's something Eric and I just getting on this track real quick. Collinwood first. I noticed Hamler is on one of the participants yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the state of his recovery? It sounds like he's ahead of schedule. He should be ready to go this season. Um, I'm still going to be wait and see on that because Cortland Sutton was ready to go, but he was 75, 80% mm -hmm. of what he was this year. So waiting to see, um, especially for a player like Hamler, whose explosiveness is his number one trait. And uh, he, an injury like that can example a little bit of explosiveness, but um, yeah, best off season for Steven. Congratulations again, Steven. Awesome to see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm talking about threshold, somebody that uh, kind of scared me here. We both, we both kind of been in the market for the cornerback and somebody we've talked about on this show a few times. Uh, Roger McCreary from Auburn is one mm -hmm. and uh, Marcus Jones from Houston is one. Both guys slot cornerbacks, but their arm length is historically, historically small. Um, there hasn't been an all pro t uh, cornerback drafted in since 2010 that had sub 30 inch arm length and those guys have sub 29 inch arm length yes it's 28 and 7 eighths where at 511 where the the guy next to him alphabetically i've got it sorted by first name uh quinterio cole is 32 inch at six foot tall so not good that that makes it it does it makes a difference yep. for sure it does I and eric it. and i disagree big time on this one he said you know i'm gonna trust the tape on this one i'm like the tape is good and I'm not taking him off my board for that, but he goes from a late two to probably a late three given there's just not precedent of somebody with his arm length succeeding in the league. And I know we're becoming more of a nickel league, but at the same time, I'm curious if we're going to see a little bit of a, a pivot here. It's still going to be a 11 league, but just the stylistically it's changing. I want, and the Tyree kill maybe is a little bit of winds of change of how some of these teams might change. Well, Travis Weber. You really like him it, again, when you're going to events like that, if there's guys you really like, you're like, I hope they fall on their faces. That way I can get him in the fifth <laughs> instead of having to spend a third on him. Um, yep. which is, you know, I hope I hope nobody else knows what I know about mm -hmm. how this kid can play. And they look at something like that and say, Oh yeah, we don't want that guy. Good. Oh, you don't want this guy. He's yeah. barely, you know, he could get a yeah. little T-Rex arms. He's terrible. You don't want him. Good. That's how We're I felt about fifth now instead of the third. Travis coming in. Like, Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. I know you have talked heavily about free agency and draft. Has there any been any more talk about ownership or when the league will have bids take place? I have not heard a peep since the last time was it uh, Robert Smith had come in as a potential. That was the last thing I heard about yeah. it. And that's been several weeks. Hell, it was probably just two weeks and, and two days ago. It just feels like six months because of the last two weeks of news. Yeah, uh, Appreciate the stars, but I don't have anything, Nick. Uh, just that we're approaching it and you should expect some movement there this summer. But um all the information right now is draft related. So haven't really gotten there yet. Dave Glassman coming to the stars. There we go. How do I know which one's stars? If you guys do this, I'd always know. Or, or you'd be lying to me and uh, hook, line and sinker. We also got retro Rob TV coming in with the crowned white lion here. Pretty awesome. $5. Good to see you. Losing Tyreek was huge, a huge hit for Casey. I really don't think they understand the division is looking more like ours to take. Um, absolutely. I, this is going to get right into what I'm saying. Uh, what I want to talk about today. I think. That with the Tyreek Hill trade, and thank you so much for the support, Retro Rob. I think with the Tyreek Hill trade, George Payton needs to wake up, look in the mirror, and say, the time is now. Today's the day. We're going for it. The last two Super Bowl winners have been teams where quarterbacks have come to new systems, new organizations, and won it. Tom Brady, New England to Tampa Bay. Um, Matt Stafford from Detroit to LAR. Uh, obviously, this is a tougher division than what both those guys had to go through. The NFC West is a gauntlet too, or has been, but not like what the AFC West is going to be right now. But this is a trade for the chiefs that I think it's beneficial for them three to five years from now, because they have the ammo now to kind of 
change how they need to, if they have any weaknesses, like they were, they need edge rushers. They need cornerbacks. They did not have the ammo to do that or the cap space to do that. So now they have a little bit of flexibility to change their team to evolve. Um, but they, I think understandably are s- taking a step back, de-evolving 2022, 2023. And that opens your window ever so slightly, but it opens your window for the Denver Broncos. And with that, in, with that in place, or with knowing that also, uh, Russell Wilson, is going to be as cheap as he's ever going to be against your cap this year. And you don't have your first and second round pick in 2023. This is for real. This is the year to go for it. I think if you can renegotiate Justin Simmons contract um, and you understand, have an understanding with Russell Wilson too, that like, we're going to take care of you still, um, but you're going to have to work with us because we're going to try to go for it this year and next year. Um, that I go out there, see if you can patch some holes, maybe bring in another splash player like a Tyron Nefeu, Jadavian Clowney. I mean, heck, even I'm going to say Bobby Wagner at this point because your window opened. And I think that now is the time you don't need to wait around. I know that it's about, you know, five to eight years, 10 years for Russell Wilson, but you have pieces in place right now. You have a young draft class that is ascending. And if you go all in on this season and next season, it's not going to impact you as much because you should be expecting to pick. 30 31 32 28 29 so i think this is i think this is the catalyst to even be more aggressive go make a move the time is now so you just heard it from nick broncos to win the super bowl next year um this is the window and and let's not rule out i was like you know we talk about this okay free agency almost done but there's still lots of moves to be made all the way Mm -hmm. into the season you know think of the rams and vaughn something you're very familiar with if things are going good you, you might get a little more greedy with something like that. You know, yeah. F them picks for sure. And, and Toy and coming to see likes my Broncos. I love this picture. I think this picture is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to look it up and find the photographer and 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 give him him or her uh, credit for it because it's awesome. And Jeremy said yesterday about missing the draft. I barely had audio yesterday. That's probably right. I don't know if you could see the veins starting to bulge in my head. I was getting a little mad at the uh, at StreamYard yesterday. But, you know, StreamYard has been good to us. So it was a little tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan says, it's so nice to not talk about quarterbacks all podcast. Yes, it is. Unless yeah. it's like, wow, how I'm looking forward to talking about how uh, how well and the improvement that you're seeing from the wide receivers and the offensive line is blocking better. And the, the air is just a little fresher <laughs> when yeah. you've got your quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Booker coming in. Kenneth, hope you are doing well. He says, who is the most Tyreek Hill-type wide receiver in this draft? I got someone that immediately popped to mind. Um, uh, so, But I'll let you – I can go if you need a moment. Kind of like no, – I, I got two names. He's not ready uh, to order, but I am, so I'll give him a minute. I'm ready. Uh, I'll probably take the names that you're thinking about, honestly, unfortunately. But number one speed guy in this draft is – first off, Tyreek Hill is a unicorn. I think the closest we've ever seen with Tyreek Hill out of the last 10 draft class or since he's been in the league – was drafted last year, and now is his teammate, Jalen Waddle. Uh, Jalen Waddle was a special speed player, and now they got both of them. Uh, the screens, the orbits they're going to run, it's going to be so much fun. Um, also, the Miami Dolphins still have two first-round picks next year, so if Tua doesn't get it done this year, guess what? They're a team that's probably going to try to mimic the Broncos. Look how great this environment we have here is. Ooh, Tom Brady, you're a free agent after this year. Maybe you'd like to stay in Florida. Your wife loves this climate, and look what we got. <laughs> oh, you wanted to play in this West Coast offense? Mike McDaniel, hello, fun. Um, I don't know, I'm just saying. Uh, but most Tyreek Hill type of wide receiver in this class. I think it's, it's gotta be Jameson Williams um, off the cuff. He is such a dynamic down the field threat, speedy, uh, physical too. I think that's one thing we don't appreciate enough about Tyreek Hill is that he plays a little bit like a running back. He's thick, 
Um, what is he? 5'10", 185, 190. That's, that's some good mass uh, for a player like him. So he's one that uh, I think Jamison Williams plays physically as well. I think Tyree Kill's a little bit better at the catch point, but Jamison Williams, I mean, he was a gunner. He can get off press. Tyree Kill can get off press, et cetera, et cetera. One name that I think is athletically tested like him, but he's 15, 20 pounds lighter is Calvin Austin from Memphis. Um, smaller bodied, more gadgety, but I don't think he is uh, as physical and as dynamic as Tyree Kill. He's out, honestly a little bit more gadgety, like a Isaiah McKenzie type than I think Tyree Kill. All right. The guy that immediately sprung to mind for me was Vilas Jones out of Tennessee. Hmm. Uh, 5'11", 205 pounds, so a little bit taller, maybe not quite as thick. But Tyree Kill was a fifth-round draft pick. Tyree Kill wasn't Tyree Kill coming out. And Vilas Jones isn't Tyree Kill coming out. He's fifth-round pick with elite speed. If you're going to miss on a guy, miss on a guy running in the four threes. So, uh, to me, who's got a chance to maybe be one of those players who gets overlooked a little bit in the draft and then ends up outplaying that is a guy with elite speed in Vilas Jones. I thought he was uh, the first day of, uh, of senior bowl. He was the best receiver there. Uh, now, granted, it's not a, uh, y'all have heard me say this before. It's always not a great skill class at the senior bowls because the skill players come out early. They're the best, the best skill players in the draft are usually juniors. Uh, but Vilas Jones, I thought looked, um, looked really good. Yeah, absolutely. Getting some hellos in here. Good to see you, Dom. Good to see you, Juan. Good to see you, John. Uh, also, we got Mark Schrader coming in. Hopefully, everything is okay where you are, Mark. I know you had some tornadoes roll through just the other day, so hopefully you and yours are all safe and accounted for and uh, thriving. Mark says, good morning, guys. Thank you so much, Mark. Because of you, the show is thriving, too, so we appreciate the heck out of you for that. Um, we also got a couple draft questions coming in here that I'll get to. Yeah, I'll oh. get one here. Sorry. Okay. Joey Joey coming in. Says, Travis Jones is there at 64. Do you pull the trigger? Yes. Yeah. I'm standing there with it in my hand, uh, waiting for the person at 63 to come off the board here. Yes. The Bengals. Uh, if, <laughs> if it's down to five minutes in the second round or whatever it is, seven minutes, they're reading that name at 659. Um, Travis Jones, for me, should be 20. Yeah. 20 to 25. Um, so if he's there at 64, yes. So we'll see. Yeah. He's, uh, he's one that honestly, if the board falls a certain way, let's say he gets down to like pick 50, then I'm looking to trade up, uh, mm-hmm. because of what he can bring to your team, especially if you're trying to live in dime. What does that mean? Oh, more defensive backs on the field. Okay. We got coverage guys in order to live in that world. You have to have strength, mass and length on the defensive line. And there are some packages out there and what a what would you, what do you want to call it a four, two, five base, or even a four, one, six, uh, where you have DJ Jones and Travis Jones as your two defensive tackles. And you want to talk about stopping the run and freeing up your linebackers and defensive backs. That helps a lot. And also both those guys have a little bit of pass rush juice too. So you're not just totally, uh, giving up on that. So definitely he interests me a lot. I don't think he's going to be there. I know the Broncos are at UConn's pro day. I think that's today. So, um, make sure you look out for that too. We also, oh. Sorry, we'll Diego Alonzo. So good morning, yeah. fellas. How's it going? Nick and Scott, the best duo on MHH. Appreciate that. God bless There's you. a it's a it's a high bar. There's a lot of good duos here. Uh, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I think that means that we're we're better together because Nick and I pair up with all kinds of folks. So Nick and I. Now I Nick and I have been doing this. I'll have to look it up. We've got to be coming on a year. So it's yeah. it's it's gotta be real close. Probably missed it knowing me and missed the anniversary, but I'll I'll look it up to see when we first started. But it's within a week or two of us being a year doing mm-hmm. Broncos for breakfast together. Asthma spray 55 or five shus. Hi, Nick and Scott. I need your opinion on this. Who got the better haul, the Texans or the Seahawks? 
looking at the Watson, Watson trade, did Denver overpay a little bit? They certainly won hiring someone who is not being accused of being a scumbag. Um, did the Seahawks overpay? Maybe a little. Maybe a little. The better haul is is the, the Texans got more. Um, yeah. But and he's, what, six, seven years younger? So did they get enough? Um, again, the, the second part of your question may answer that, or your comment may answer that question. Um, and at some point there's only so much you can give before, you know, you're Herschel Walkering yourself with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So I think the Houston Texans did really well. I think the Seahawks did really well. I think the Denver Broncos did really well. I think it was a very fair trade for both, despite the fact that people saying they fleece the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks did a good job, uh, for a guy that wanted out. Had two years left on his contracts, 33 years old. I thought the Seahawks got a good haul. Yeah. Um, I think the Browns overpaid. I, I think they overpaid, especially with that guaranteed contract at 230 million. It's uh there's a lot of questions there. But again, if you hit, then they're set at quarterback for the next 10 years. And that makes the risk worth the reward for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I think the Texans came out great because they were always going to trade him. They had no leverage at all. And uh, with all the stuff going on, the fact that, you know, they could trade him at all and get back return is great. And this is a team that is we talk about the Falcons having one of the worst rosters in football. Texans are pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. um, it's either the Texans or the Falcons, unfortunately, uh, for Scott. But uh, now they have what pick three, pick 13 uh, first rounders for a while. They got a chance to actually build a foundation and, a, and, and a then get plate. a quarterback. You know, it's like yep. done. We're, we're done with this madness. Yep. Let's go to work. That's a. That in itself can be liberating, you know, just yeah. lifting those doubts uh, uh, from the rest of the team. When the rest of the team's out there going and working out, there's always this yeah. just little doubt in the back of your mind that keeps you from hitting 100%, and you, maybe you're working out at 98%. Well, those fine margins are huge in this league where everybody is so good yeah. that that can be addition by subtraction. Yep, 100%. Uh, good call there. Uh, just the dark cloud there. Um, although we'll see, it still seems like it's kind of a clown show there in Houston to an extent, but uh, different kind of clown show. Uh, Chase Wellner coming in. Hey, fellas, good morning. Is it abnormal the Broncos haven't drafted an offensive tackle in five years? Pish posh. Dalton Reisner played right tackle at Kansas State. No, I, yes, it is a little bit odd. Uh, I think this speaks to the fact that offensive tackle in general is pretty much a top 50 pick or bust proposition because like you have different body types and styles that can win at cornerback at running back at safety, blah, 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 wide receiver offensive tackle. It's pretty homogenous. Uh, the type of body type you need, the ability that you need. And it's easy to see, Oh, that guy doesn't have the arm length of the body type. Yeah. That six, guy six, does three twenty, good feet done offensive tackle. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Th 33 plus the arm length. Yep. We're in, uh, what's the body of the, the base. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, mm -hmm. so there's typically, that's a reason for that. Also one reason I think, Offensive tackle and edge rushers specifically uh, don't bust as much as other positions is you have way, way more reps that are translatable and gradable. I mean, how many times a game do you see an offensive tackle deal with a edge rusher? And that's how much does that mimic that that of the NFL game? A lot. Um, but the NFL, as far as the cornerbacks go from college to NFL, cornerbacks aren't really being tested by quarterbacks who can hit deep throws or wide receivers who are as good of route runners. Um, and the reps just aren't as replicable as you see there so th those picks don't bust as much so that's why they go early and i think peyton probably is a early round offensive tackler bust they might take a developmental guy here but just hasn't lined up and i know the broncos last year this is 
from multiple people have told me they were very interested in uh, uh, Brady Christensen um, in the third round. And then the Panthers took him right before. And they were also interested in Spencer Brown, who then went right before them after they traded down the third down. So it's not for a lack of trying, um, but just sometimes there's 31 other teams um, and you don't get every single guy you want because sometimes other teams want them. Spencer also, Brown got, never should have gotten that far. Yeah, that's okay. You guys are going to draft Trevor Penning at eight to rectify it because you want you and I tackle so bad, Scott. <laughs> uh, so what's up, fellas? Uh, Malachi Martin coming in. What cornerback first Everos fits Everos system in this draft? Uh, you know what, Malachi? This is really hard for me to say because he's worked in so many. I can tell you personnel-wise, like the positions, but actually the body types and skill sets that he wants. Don't know until we see it. Uh, there's not really a precedent of him being a defensive coordinator in the past. And he's had such a wide variety of teachers, uh, defensive schemes that he's worked under. Raheem Morris, different than Wade Phillips, different than Brandon Staley, different than uh, Monty. I think he was in one of the Kiffins too, maybe back in Tampa. So uh, he's been underneath a lot of different types of defensive coordinators and schemes. So uh, I don't know what type of cornerbacks he wants, but if he's speaking so highly about running dime, I know he wants more of them. So uh, mm. the answer is more. Um, but the type specifically, I I need to see what it looks like first before I can really evaluate that. And there's a lot of different kinds. I really do think they probably want a another person who can play slot because even though they already brought in Kawan Williams, he's the only one right now that has uh, slot snaps. And I think they're going to be pretty specialized in their roles uh, as far as what the defensive backs do. And the more hats you can wear, the better. Just haven't seen a lot of slot. No, Scott and I disagree a little bit to the specialization there of the defensive backs, but somebody with some inside outside ability, I think would be a body type for depth that you'd be looking for to round out this cornerback group. Well, if you're looking for someone who's specific for the slot, it opens up the players that you could normally get. If I'm looking yeah. for, you know, someone to play on the outside, I'm looking for height for the most, I'm, I'm looking for the bigger guys for, if I'm, if I'm saying, okay, we want this guy to come in and play a nickel. I can get smaller. I can get somebody that's going to be in there. So it, it opens up the players that you're you're able to get. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, flips. So they they move back and forth really well. They can turn and run. They're the best athletes in the NFL. And frankly, some of the best athletes in the world are, are NFL cornerbacks. Um, and they they if you do the average of position of all of the drills, the corners win them every year for 40s, for all these things. They're they're the best athletes in the NFL. So you want the best athlete possible with the best size. And then you look, you know, look at instincts, coverage ability, and all that type of stuff. And then you start working your way down the list. I yeah. want the best one of those guys. The best one of those guys is going to be the best on the outside or the best on the inside. But going strictly inside, if I'm trying to fit a need, it means I can say, okay, this guy is the better, is is really good athlete, but he's he's five nine. I don't want him at one. I'm going to go with maybe who's a little bit off, but I'm going to go Sauce Gardner, who's you know six two or whatever. I can go the athletic type, the better athlete who might be a little smaller if I'm drafting for a specific need. So it opens up it opens up your uh, your abilities, your your pool of available players a little bit more. Yeah, and a lot of it will depend on scheme too. Are you going to be living in a cover one press man world? Or are you going to be living in match quarters where you're not going to be pressing wide receivers very often and you can deal with a little bit less size? So that's something to think about uh, with the cornerback position as well. Oh, man, I had a point. I don't remember what it was. But uh, John Clay Evington coming in here uh, with the 1999 Super. Thank you so much, John. We appreciate it. Good morning, gents. My favorite MHH team. And you guys are way too nice. <laughs> we really appreciate that. Uh, so glad to see Hill end up in Kansas City. Isn't it fun to once again be worried about the playoffs, how the Broncos stack up? And again, Troy Anderson is the Swiss Army guy. Yeah, Troy Anderson would be great. 
if he's there at 64, I got no issue with it. I know that I, it, I'm committing to the bit here when I say linebackers don't matter, but like compared to defensive tackles, edge rushers, cornerbacks, and safeties, I think they are less valuable, but still you don't want to have, it's not like the running back of the interior offensive line. They're more valuable than that. But uh, definitely, it's fun to be talking about that again. Thank you so much, John Clay. And I remembered my point, Scott. We were talking about cornerbacks. I have a non-negotiable at cornerbacks um, in today's NFL tackling. If you cannot tackle, I want nothing to do with you. I think it used to be, you know, like back in the day where teams weren't ex- really getting to the perimeter as much with the runs or trying to isolate bad tacklers as much as they can now. Um, now, if you have a bad tackler, we're going to go at you over and over and over again. And I can't have it in a six man in the box league. I need all 11 of my guys tackling. So you watch Fabian Moreau with the Atlanta Falcons while we're doing these shows together. Yes. Uh, Fabian Moreau is a guy who was playing one of the corner spots. I honestly don't know how good he is in coverage. What I do know is whenever they'd run a sweep or anything to his side, he's running for the sidelines. Y'all have heard me use this phrase before too. So you can't measure someone's heart. They say they can't measure his heart. That's true, but I can damn sure tell if you've got one or not. And how are you setting the edge? How are you playing special teams? What are you doing with the with it off the ball? And when I see you turning and running from a wide receiver that's blocking you, it's not for me, man. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one, Nick. I need some – got to be – this is a tough game. You know, unless you're Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders could tackle. He just didn't necessarily like it. Yeah. Um, you know, he could. He'd usually run up to a guy and just sling him down. He didn't want to go in there and throw in his head in there, and so be it. Uh, but he made the tackles. But unless you're Deion Sanders, you you better put your head in there, especially if you're a fringe guy who's been a backup all his life. And this is, again, this is the specialization and uh, specific fits of players. If you're linebackers, if you're going to focus more on solid instincts, the ability to play in the box, run fits, uh, then you need your cornerbacks and uh, less on sideline to sideline speed uh, than you need your cornerbacks and your safeties to freaking tackle. Um, and I mean, we saw it last year. The Broncos had a lot of not to, you know, I guess hit this guy while he's down or kick him while he's down. But Noah Fant, they had a lot of schemed one-on-one opportunities where Noah Fant, all he had to do was break a tackle of one defensive back. And you're talking about off to the races. Who knows how far he can get? There's a lot of that in today's NFL. There's going to be even more. I'm kind of talking about the Chiefs trading Tyree Kill. They're loading up on different body types. They're loading up on yak receivers right now. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's almost like a tight end uh, the way they use him. They're talking about trading for LaVisca Chenault um, instead of the down the field explosive players. They can use me Hartman in that role. They're loading up on yak guys, which makes me think that they're like, okay, you want to play two high shells against us and give us some space over the middle of the field and the boundary rather than deep. Okay. Bet we're going to get the ball to these yak weapons. And then you're going to have to tackle. So tackling is really legitimately non-negotiable for me for this defense and defenses in general with the way the, uh, the NFL is progressing. Yeah. You can don't, don't let six yard plays turn into 60, Um, make them earn it. Uh, Travis coming in, and and I missed it last night because I was so far behind, like I am now, that uh, my my watching the Facebook stars actually oh. jumped. So I want to catch up on some. Yeah, let's do it. We were talking a little bit about this with David Ajabo. Uh, what would his if he says I don't want to sign? What were his options be? And I couldn't remember exactly how it went on with John Elway, but John Elway basically said, you know, I'll go play baseball. Um, mm-hmm. Bo Jackson did go play baseball. I'm not going to the Buccaneers. I think it was it was Tampa Bay that drafted or had the rights to him overall. I said, I'm not going to do that. Forget it. I'm going to I'll go play baseball. And he did. So, you know, having those options is a very good negotiating point. And, you know, NFL players, they don't have those options, most of them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what what are what are David Ajabo's options if he ha- if he's out for the year? Um, I'm, I still I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out for sure. Uh, if you don't sign in baseball, you go back into the draft pool a year later. Yeah. Um, 
So we will uh, we'll we'll see on that. So pretty good move, pretty good move for the uh, for the Denver Broncos. I'm gonna get Gabe's real quick here. I know we're falling behind. It's gonna be real quick just because I flashed him and I didn't want to. Uh... Mm-hmm. Woo! No, I um I flashed him, but I didn't want to uh, leave him behind. So Gabe, with a good question here. Do you think the lack of signing a strong? I actually safety... thought you answered when you were talking about tackling. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a big one, but I mean, just it's it's that important. Um, lack of signing a strong safety show how much the brass loves Stearns. Uh, first point, I don't think we should call strong safety free safety in what the Broncos have done defensively. You the dike the di- we're talking about specialization, but I think the dike dichotomized nature of the safety, the too high shell defense, is not so strong. A lot of people think of Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor could not be more different, but they're both safeties. Not so much anymore. You want your back two safeties to be able to play the slot, play the box, play too high, and some single high as well, um, from a too high pre-snap shell. Uh so I do think this speaks well of Stearns, but I also think it speaks to the draft. This is a really good safety draft class. There's going to be safeties there in second round and third round that I think the Broncos will target. That's one of the positions that if somebody like Lewis seen or Jaquan Brisker or Daxton Hill or Jalen Petrie fall down to within range, maybe the Broncos trade up for them because they like those safeties uh, enough. But I think it does speak to Stearns. Broncos have also been in talks with Kareem Jackson. I would be 0% surprised if Jackson ends up in Denver. And see Patrick Havener coming in with some stars. Appreciate you. And then, Moving back down uh, to Travis, giving some news in here, saving us some days off. So after graduation, his nephew will be headed to basic training. He's enlisted to the Marines, a proud uncle, as you should be. Uh, congratulations and tell him uh, thank you from the rest of us. Uh, yeah. Travis Tarbucks, we got the Travises coming in strong today. Uh, who are the that we might be able to look out for other than uh, Tyler Lindenbaum and Tyler Goodson? Are there any? Yes. Yes. I just, man, Barry, not burying the lead here, but just talked about it. Day two safeties, maybe early day three, um, Dane Belton. Uh, he played the star position for Iowa. He had five interceptions last year um, for the Iowa Hawkeye defense that led the all of college football in interceptions. He, he played. So what is the star position? Iowa moved to a four, two, five base. And instead of the small cornerback body in the slot, they use a, safety type because there's so much bubble screens. There's so much RPO action that you need somebody who's a little bit better at setting the edge and tackling and physical um, at that spot versus the smaller coverage body. So safety makes a lot of sense there. Dane Belton played there. He's really good there. You are doing a little bit of projection as far as what he looks like in the back part of the field, the back third of the defense, um, whether that be two high shells or single high shells. Uh, But still just because you haven't seen it so much doesn't mean he can't do it. He tested pretty darn well uh, at the, NFL combine, solid size, solid mover, good, good agilities. And again, the ball skills, um, the dude has great zone instincts. Um, I would love him as a third safety. I don't know how much Tennessee Titans defense, uh, you folks have watched, but they have another Iowa Hawkeye safety that played the first player to actually play this star. They call it the star backer position in, uh, Amani hooker who has been really good for them as a defensive back, as a slot player with a really good tackler coming downhill, good ball skills. So Dane Belton, uh, keep an eye out for him. I really like Dane Belton. There you go. Clayton coming in, just saying hello and has a question for us. And happy birthday, Clayton. Happy birthday. How many yards will Wilson have and throw and how many TDs? Let's say four. Let's set the over under at 4,035. What do you think? More TDs. I'm going to go higher on the TDs. It's it's a 17 game schedule, right? Uh, he's thrown more than that before. Let's His let's career push. high is 40. He did that in 2020 and then 35 in 2018. Yeah. The one thing that makes me unsure is that uh, Javante Williams is a good goal line back. Um, so maybe there's going to be some instances where he's vulturing some touchdowns for Russell so you're Wilson taking over on the touchdowns. How about the yards? I think that's about right. Um, I like that a lot. We'll see. 
it's so hard because the new offense, I mean, what is Is Nathaniel Hackett a competent head coach? We don't, or is he Michael Scott of the NFL coaches? I don't know. I can't tell. I mean, I love the energy, but if he's, you know, well, Russell Wilson might make him look like one, even if he's yeah, not, yeah, it's just too, too many unknowns. That's why everybody's like, Oh, Broncos to the moon. Maybe, but I don't know if there's a more volatile team as far as outcome this season than the Denver Broncos, I guess the Browns. Cause we don't know about Deshaun Watson yet, but other than that, um, they're, you know, they could finish, with 14 wins. I mean, if they come together and get hot, I mean, that's, that's possible. They could finish with eight wins uh, because they don't have pass rush dips. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) also they're playing the NFC West. The NFC West is tough. So (laughs) who knows? But again, earlier point, the chiefs traded Tyree kill. The windows cracked open just ever so slightly. Russell Wilson's never going to be cheaper. And you're, you don't have your first and second round pick next year. So it's, if you bottom out, it's not like, uh, are you, you, have more reason to not bottom out next year because it's not going to, you're not going to get that top 10, top 15 pick. Go for it. 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 And speaking of going for it, Peter comes in and says, are the chiefs expecting a down year? Hence the trade. No, no, they're not expecting a dead year, uh, a down year. Uh, Tyreek Hill had turned down their contract proposals that were going to make him very, very well paid. So he was looking to move on. They had one year left on his deal and risk losing him for a comp pick and having a grumpy wide receiver on the team for the year. So instead, they got a pretty darn good return from the Miami Dolphins for a guy that had turned down a bunch of money and wanted to leave. Yep. So um, Tyreek wanted to leave. Kansas City got a good return. They should be able to uh, to reload to a certain extent. Out of those picks, they'll, they'll, they'll be all right. They got enough weapons. They were good without him last year. Will they be as good over the course of an entire season without him next year? Probably not, but uh, that was a good return for a want away on the last year of his contract. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's only 28 years old, which is crazy. It feels like he's been in the NFL for a long time. So who knows? Um, it's pretty pretty wild to see the change of the landscape of the wide receiver market. A lot of these teams betting that they can find cheaper wide receivers coming out in the draft. And part of this is probably the seven-on-seven seven revolution where wide receivers are as developed coming into the league as ever. And there's more 11 and 10 personnel than ever. So there's more wide receivers seeing the field, but still um, wide receiver is a position that a singular, it's still a dependent position because it's always going to depend on pass protection and the, the quarterback getting them the ball, but it's a position also where a singular great player can change the game almost as much as anything else. Um, I'd rather have one a plus wide receiver and then, you know, two C guys, then probably three B's because that singular guy is going to change how teams can play you, what kind of coverages you can see, um, give you easy answers to test, make it easier on your quarterback, rather than if you have three B guys, that relies on your quarterback to understand the pre-snap matchup and make the decision. If you have an A-plus guy, it's like, oh, that's him. Okay, so a little bit easier there. So we'll see. We'll see if it pays out. It's pretty wild. Two of the teams that are favorites in their conference for the Super Bowls, or some of the favorites, traded arguably the first and second best wide receiver in football this offseason. It's predicting. Uh, would you rather have an A? They, they've got weapons and their biggest weapon still in the middle. You know, but Patrick Mahomes, will, he yeah. can elevate a, again, you know, they don't call him cheetah for nothing. It's a, it's a different level and he lets you do different things. I get it, but I don't think the chiefs are going to be just fine. Uh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't expect them to go to, you know, seven and 10 next year No, to no, just no, disappear. No. They'll be, they'll be okay. What's a down year right now for the chiefs, 10 and seven, maybe nine with this, this, they have a brutal schedule too. Cause they finished first in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. So they got like Tampa Bay across conference and Buffalo and it's going to, they have a tough schedule. So we'll, this will be good. Um, 
bringing it back to Tyree Kill, though. Real quick, I, I want to say after I just took him off of there, I wanted to say hello to Jacob Foster, the uh, the silent one coming in with oh, the stars, yeah. as always. I'm looking forward to Chad getting back and giving us the updated stars rankings because uh, we haven't heard those in a while. And I know Jacob's got to be at the top. If he's not right at the top, he's well, he's right at the top this month. He wants so. that Russell Wilson jersey. Awesome Shane coming in. Too. Uh, morning, Nick and Scott. Awesome to see. Thank you so much, Shane. Shane's been with us for a long time, and we appreciate you hanging out with us in the morning. If you guys haven't done so yet, obviously, this is Broncos for Breakfast, part of Mile High Huddle. Make sure you please click the reaction up top there. We got a wow react coming in here, making me laugh from Dave Glassman. Dave always giving us the, the random reactions, but we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Eric Weber, morning, Broncos country and Broncos for Breakfast crew. Good morning to you, Eric. Hope you're well. Uh, appreciate your insights and analysis, guys. Keep up the great work. Any news on the right tackle shell or running back to Melvin Gordon? Shell came to Denver. I heard he passed his physical and then left, and then Broncos Brass was discussing it. Discussing it, No deal left. I'm guessing they are waiting out the market where there's still a number of right tackles in the same shell <laughs> of uh, Brandon Shell, so uh, they don't have to pay him. I'm guessing he wants a little bit more than they're willing to offer right now. Maybe it's guarantees or a second year on the deal with guarantees. Uh, so I think they're probably waiting that out, probably similarly to uh, Melvin Gordon as well. Melvin Gordon, I saw that a punter got paid uh, the other day, and he commented on it like, are you man, are you serious? Punter getting uh, $9 million over two years, and Melvin Gordon probably can't get that. But uh, sorry, man. Yeah, you, I, I blame you. I blame your mama. You know, mamas, don't let your boys play running back. They're not going to make as much money in the league. I mean, it's just if they, get him as an edge rusher. Make him play. Heck, make him play off-ball linebacker. I don't know, but uh, – I mean, also you're seeing it kind of talking about wide receiver evolution, more and more running back bodies playing wide receiver, because guess what? Longevity and money. Those matter. Yeah. I can drop you in the slot. I can do a bunch of different things. Make sure, make sure they can catch. The, the thing is, is as the, at the youth levels, the running back is the star, you know, and that's part of the problem. 4,000 carries on their bodies before they even get to the NFL. Uh, Andre coming in. Andre's from Switzerland. Andre took our invitation last night and said, hey, we're up at a better hour for you where you might not have to set your alarm to get up and watch us. This is a better hour for you. So, Andre, appreciate you coming in. Uh, Sup, people, what needs to still be fixed on this team? Fixed or upgraded? Fixed. I don't think there's any broken parts on this team right now. You can upgrade right tackle. I'd probably like to see another edge. I'd like to see another safety, and I'd definitely like to see another interior lineman come in to compete. That's where I'd go. You named all, all four of the spots where I'm curious right now because uh, the Broncos, are, are they going to play kind of a 5-1-5 sometimes? Uh, with that, then who is your other interior defensive lineman? I'm guessing DJ Jones at the nose based on what uh, Ijiro Evero said at the press conference. Draymond Jones is a guy, but then is it McTelvin Ajim? Is it Deshaun Williams who are fine, but I don't think they're plus players. And if we're judging it based on the Rams last year, they're going to play a lot of 5-1-5. They loved to play that 5-1-5. So not as much with Brandon Seeley. So we'll see on that one, but that's a position of need. Uh, I'd have no idea about the third safety. Uh, I know the Broncos drafted Jamar Johnson last year, but he's talking about tackling. Not great. Um, we also did not offer much special teams ability. They brought in J.R. Reed, who's probably more of a core special teams guy. Um, I know that P.J. Locke in preseason looked pretty good. I like him as like a fourth safety option, but safety is definitely a position they could be looking to upgrade. Uh, I, more cornerback depth. You can never have enough edge position. People look at the roster at the top and they say, okay, this is what we're going to have all season. This is great. Blah, blah, blah. But I kind of look at it as okay, best case scenario, worst case scenario. If we lose a guy, how does this look right now? Edge is the position that scares me the most because I do not think Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed are starting caliber players. And given the history of 
Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, I wouldn't expect both those guys to play the full season. You probably need another edge rusher in there uh, to help the room. And also, if you draft one, it gives you some leverage with Bradley Chubb next year. So edge is one that scares me a heck of a lot. I think that's probably the number one, uh, the number one need. Yeah, because you've got your upside there is that, that one's a high risk, high reward position. Yep. You just need to so, raise the floor. Yeah, it, it looks it, it could be awesome. It could just fall in the tank. Randy Gregory could be hurt. Bradley Chubb could get hurt. And all of a sudden I'm without our two edges again. So um, yeah, find somebody watch for D'Angelo Malone late in the rounds. I don't care who takes him. Remember that name, Western Kentucky. If he goes six round, keep an eye on who takes him. I think he's a, he could be a steal towards the end. And also a steal for us is Mark Schrader. I mentioned Jacob Foster. If Jacob Foster is not at the top, it's probably going to be Mark um, doing just, Awesome work for us to keep us keeping the lights on. My lights are bright, thanks to, to guys like Mark, and that's why I yeah. get these reflections. Um, <clears throat> so certainly appreciate it. He says, no question, just a thanks for all the great info. Well, we're glad we can be part of your day. Certainly appreciate it. And then um, there was one, it was, it was Travis Weber coming with more stars. He says, Brian Jordan also tried playing football and baseball. He didn't just try. He was a freaking beast. He was an amazing safety for the for the Atlanta Falcons. And then uh when he decided to give it cuz he was so good, I was shocked that he gave it up. I was shocked. What do you mean you're you're not playing football? He's, you know, borderline all pro. And then uh then he goes and plays and you know, has a 12, 13, 14 year career in the major leagues. Nice. Um so Brian Jordan was awesome. He still does some media work and lives in the Atlanta area. I I see him out and about from t- from time to time. Brian Jordan was he was phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely. And we also got EJ coming in here. Um, you can make sure that we're not getting behind on the, the chats or anything. I don't know if there's any other supers, but um, Baron Browning is another one that I, from talking to some Denver Broncos beat people, they're actually going to pull, they, they're going to have a session coming up here pretty soon with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Ajiro Everone. They're going to push on this question a little bit more just for some, some better idea uh, rather than, you know, somebody saying, Oh, Brian Browning could get some edge reps. What does that mean? I'm going to give um, you the answer right now. I already know what they're going to say. It's just something we're experimenting with. Uh, you know, he's really good player, really good athlete. We want to make sure we can get our best players on the field. Got some new guys coming in. Want to give them some chances. It, it's going to be this. It's, it's not going to be, this is where we're moving him. And this is what it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of outs in there. They're not going to, they're not going to paint themselves into a corner. I promise you. Yep. It's going to yeah, be a lot of ifs, ands, and maybes. Yeah, definitely possible. I'm, from my understanding is you look at Every the hybrid you experiment, take a drink. Yeah. Well, I'm in science, so I'd be very drunk by the time of that. Um, <laughs> but Baron Browning at edge could add some juice. You're right about that. I think my understanding is they're going to use Baron Browning more as a hybrid player and some names to look back on. If you guys have NFL game pass, um, first off, Micah Parsons last year, he played off ball essentially in, at first and second down. And they would play edge a lot on mm-hmm. third down with uh, either Demarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory kind of kicking into a five technique uh, four eye position. And uh, you have to be good on first and second down run defense wise to get to those kind of looks. But and the Broncos weren't last year, but still that's an area you could look at. Uh, other two names that interest me a lot are Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins, uh, both guys that have been hybrid edge players for the Patriots. Are they rushing from that edge spot? Are they dropping back? Are they going to stunt? Uh, you don't know. They typically have pretty even split of run defense coverage snaps and pass rush snaps. So look out for them. Another name that comes to mind. This is one that George Payton has specific intimate knowledge of how he's been deployed and used is uh, Anthony Barr, edge rusher, pass coverage, off ball linebacker. He does a little bit of everything. And doing that, when you line him up at the line of scrimmage, is he dropping? Is he not? 
either way, the offensive line and the quarterback have to account for him. And that makes the math harder for them. That's one more thing they have to process. And if you're trying to rush four and you have six guys in the line of scrimmage or five guys in the line of scrimmage, who's coming, who's going, you can create a one-on-one matchup for whatever pass rusher you want in that singular situation. Um, Mike Zimmer has been the king at this. There's a good video I posted on YouTube the other guys. You guys can hit me up if you want to see it. But that's something I considered there as well with with Browning as far as the, I think, first and second down off ball, then maybe getting him on the line of scrimmage and passing uh, pass rushing on third down. Uh, thanks for the thanks for the note, Travis. Appreciate you being here. And uh, I've told you my Anthony Barr story. He was at Loyola, which was real close to where I lived in uh, in L.A. at the time. And he ended up going. To, he was a running back. You know, he was 6'4", 215 pounds, 220 pounds as a running back playing also on defense. And he goes to UCLA in his first two years under Rick Neuheisel. They're using him as this, they called it like the, it wasn't even called an H-back. It was something else. So I'd make fun of it and call it like the Z-back or whatever, but getting three or four touches a game. And one of the folks asked me, he's like, what's it going to take for us? Or asked, what's it going to take for us to have a good defense at UCLA? I'm like, first of all, you can't have guys like Anthony Barr playing offense. And their moderator, the publisher of that site was like, well, he doesn't have the mentality to play defense, you know, just parroting what he's been told. And I'm like, well, then you get rid of him because, you know, four high-ranked four-star guys coming in and failing doesn't do you any good. You you move him out. You tell him you're going to play linebacker or go find somebody else. Jim Mora comes in with a defensive background, moves him to linebacker. First thing he does, the rest is history. Yeah. So Anthony Barr is a hell of an athlete. An absolute, he's a, a, a terrific athlete. And again, if you can find somebody like Baron Browning, who we know is a spectacular athlete, find a way to use him. Find a yeah. way to use him, get him on the field third and longs and he's out there rushing the passer. Great. Why not? Yep. Get him, get him, get him some reps over there and you got another weapon. Uh, and Shane says, I know one spot that doesn't need fix and that's quarterback. And it's so nice to finally say that may he stay healthy and long live Russell Wilson at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, we're entering a golden era for the, the Broncos right now, maybe a silver era. The AFC West is pretty tough, but we're back in the conversation and there's legitimate hope and optimism. And it's not just, you know, every team this time of year, Oh, everybody's getting better with free agency in the draft. So everybody's, you know, pie in the sky. We've heard the narrative multiple years in a row, definitely falling flat with the Broncos this year. There's legitimate hope. Um, I will say again, this is a very volatile team as it currently stands, just because there's so many unknowns with the variables, new defense, new coach, one of the youngest coaching staffs of all time. A lot of inexperience there. Uh, Russell Wilson, some people in the NFL think that he's uh, regressing, that the the size that he has uh, means that he's not going to be able to play as long because a lot of his style is dependent on broken plays that maybe would zap a little bit with age. Doesn't work the middle of the field enough. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who's right. I mean, his, God, his it, regression was about 280 yards and two touchdowns a game against an interception and any, any other game. His regression is a huge leap in the right direction. Um, so again, it's gonna You're going to go from his bad season is better than what you've seen in years. Um, so that's, that's going to be really good. Chris coming in uh, with some, with some big stars and a nice cup of coffee. And Chris, I saw you come in late last yesterday as we were leaving and I was complaining about the stream to, to our channel yesterday and I didn't get a chance to say thank you. So thank you. Thank you today. Thank you for yesterday. Thanks for all the days, Chris. You're a, you're a big help to the show. Yeah, absolutely. And we're having some linebacker discussion here. Um, this is something that I feel is a little bit of a disconnect between the scheme and the personnel. Um, right now, there are probably three linebackers in the NFL. You can trust to trust to cover Kelsey, but there's a reason that team, the uh, essentially the, the Chiefs use Kelsey as an X receiver 
in that offense, you know, detached from the line of scrimmage, getting up against cornerbacks and safeties. If you see a linebacker covering Kelsey, you you're sunk beforehand. There's not a, there's Fred Warner. There's gosh, I can't even think of other good cover linebackers right now. There's just not a lot of good guys in that position there. It's harder to find a linebacker that can cover Kelsey. You feel comfortable doing that than it is to find a franchise quarterback right now, which is insane. It's just the bodies aren't there. Um, in today's NFL, you're seeing more safeties and cornerbacks against Kelsey and, uh, that's how it should be. Uh, if you, I think it's more important to have solid linebacker play that isn't creating the explosive play by getting out of position. Hello, Kenneth Murray for the Chargers. Absolutely dog chasing cars um, when it comes to <laughs> play action or any jet sweep motion. Oh, you're doing that. Oh, my hips are in the wrong place. Oh, you got behind me for a big gain. Rinse, wash, repeat. Kenneth Murray. Uh, so that's one that is... They traded up for him too, man. It's it's rough. Uh, I guess God bless you. you know, rough, almost as bad as I do. Are you as Irish as I am? Are you? Is it is it Scottish or something? Because you hold a grudge almost as bad as I do. I uh, no, I've just seen too many Midwest winters to. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, no, it's uh, definitely that's one. So I think it's more important to have them be in the right position tackling because um, you're not seeing a lot of guys tackle, but they're because they're playing zones and not playing man. You're not mining up linebackers in man coverage very often. Uh, so they need to be able to tackle when a guy gets in their space and they need to be good at coming downhill and tackling. It's kind of like, uh, think about them playing in the box. And if your linebackers are so good and your defensive linemen are so good in run defense, that means guess what? You don't have to have as many of them on the field. Then you can get more defensive backs on the field. Kumbaya, everybody. You want to stop the pass game, get more defensive backs on the field. Carolise Palmer coming in with some stars, just saying hello, some love and let's ride. I like the let's ride. Um, you know, especially as a, a motorcycle guy. Uh, with the cup of coffee, and he hasn't been here in a while. Well, we're glad you're here today. I, I feel like it doesn't feel like I've missed you as much because I see you in the evenings. Um, yeah. But glad you were able to join us today, and hope we're able to fill an hour of your day uh, to your satisfaction. Yeah, guys, we really appreciate it. And uh, I guess the main point again, we'll circle back because we're at an hour. Do you agree with me? The window is now. Broncos have the likes of Russell Wilson under 25 uh, million against the cap this year. And he's probably never going to be cheaper. The Broncos still have 17 million cap space this year, but they can create some more cap space too mm-hmm. by renegotiating some contracts with the likes of uh, Justin Simmons. I wouldn't touch Garrett Bowles' contract because I think the Broncos like the ability to get out of his contract after 2023. And if you renegotiate that, that means 2024. I don't think they want to do that. Uh, but Simmons is one. I also think moving on from Mike Purcell could uh, create some money. Also, maybe they could do something with Bradley Chubb and his contract as well because he has a big cap hit this year. Maybe that's one year approach as well. Um, that he can get more, uh, he can get more. What's what I'm looking for here? More guarantees. You got, um, you got, you got, you lost your train of thought with Jacob coming in and DWI guys falling up. Yeah, here. I saw that. Yep. Um, do I agree that the window is now? That means it makes it sound like you know now or never. No, I don't agree with that. Um, I think you've got your quarterback for an extended period of time. I think you've got a young core. I think you've got a general manager that knows how to allocate resources. I think you have a salary cap that's about to get bigger and you've got a good destination team. So no, I, I don't, I, I think the window's open. So yeah. yes. So now that works, but I don't think it's okay. If this doesn't happen in the two years, we got to start over. I, I think you can yeah. continue to build and build and build for the next five years uh, until, yeah. and, and hopefully somewhere in there you get your, your next quarterback lined up. Um, you know, where, you know, maybe three years down the road, you're, you take a, a flyer on a guy or trade up and get a quarterback. Um, cause you know, Russell will be 36, 37 years old. It's, that's a decent time to go out and try and do that. Despite what Aaron Rodgers might think. Yeah. 
Um, but Ethan coming in saying there was some talk about Jalen Petrie in the in the chat and his possible fit. What do you guys think? Um, there were two guys uh, from Baylor in the defensive secondary at the uh, Senior Bowl, and Nick was like, "Oh, is it that guy?" I was like, "No, it's not. It's the other one." And it was it was JT Woods, I think, was the other player that just kept flashing to me, and it wasn't Petrie. Um, let me make sure I've got that right. Um, go ahead and what what you go ahead and give your thoughts on it. But for me, it wasn't Petrie that was the guy. It was JT uh, Woods is an absolute freak athlete. He tested yeah. like a psychopath. He's a track star at Baylor with under okay. rule. Um, <laughs> got all the track stars. So he's a he's a freak athlete. Petrie is extremely intelligent. Um, if you watch the tape of Baylor, Petrie flashes like crazy. His instincts are off the chart. Um, he's also an extremely good tackler. Uh, and what makes Petrie really interesting is if you want to live in a four two five base, uh, essentially where your slot player is as good in the box and in coverage in space, et cetera, et cetera. That's not making mistakes. Petrie's the guy who can actually help you live in a four, two, five, three, two, six, four, one, six defense, because he is that physical, that instinctual, et cetera, et cetera. He's not an absolutely freak athlete, but I don't think that matters as much if you're not an edge rusher or a cornerback. It obviously you'd rather be a great athlete than not, but I don't think it matters much. I think the instincts, the ball skills, the tackling, the physicality, uh, all are more important for a position like that. So Petrie, I think that if he's there at 64, you run to the podium, you figure you're going to live um, in some sort of dime nickel defense. Maybe he also plays the two high defense, making Caden Stearns your de facto third safety. And then he plays uh, deep when Petrie can come down and play more of the second level of the defense when you're in those heavy defensive back defenses. But I don't know if Petrie's going to make it to pick 64. We'll see. He's uh, I know there's been a few, um, I listen to a few different podcast draft shows just to listen to scouts or people work on teams. And I know that a few people have come out saying Jalen Petrie is an absolute dude. I love this person. I would die for him. Um, if you want a culture changer and somebody who's going to get, you know, everybody to sit up straight in the meetings and whatnot, Petrie's a guy. So he's one that I like a lot. Um, I think that some teams are going to have him at safety rankings right now. Kyle Hamilton's still number one. Sounds like he's not going to go in the top 10 with how he ran. Uh, but he'll go with like uh, 11 to 15 range. That's Hamilton. Recent talk. Yep. That's recent talk. Some teams say you have you to be an absolute. Eight, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, you, you might take an edge rusher there and not be as pissed, but um, that's going to be pissed. Yeah. Now he might, uh, he might fall a little bit. Uh, so we'll see on that one just because he didn't run exceptionally. I don't care, but NFL teams might. So that's one to watch out for. I think Lewis sign Lewis scene um, from, from Georgia. He's going to be a first round pick. Um, he's the second safety off the board after that safety three up in the air. I don't know. Uh, Jaquan Brisker from Penn state. I really like him a lot. Daxton Hill from Michigan, like him a lot as well. And then uh, Jalen Petrie. Uh, those are one of those guys is going to be the third safety taken. I would be over the moon with any of them for Denver at pick 64 over the moon. I think safety is a devalued position, right? Or there's a deficiency as far as what the actual value they bring to the NFL versus what they where they're evaluated in the draft and paid on the market. So I would be totally fine using that pick for a safety. That's a starting player for you in this defense. Nick, watching the playoffs, especially that Chiefs-Bills game, I think I sent out, it doesn't surprise me that the NFL has devalued the safety position. It shows. Yeah. Uh, go out and get some guys that know how to cover. And, and for me, and this may end up being the worst take of all time, but from the limit of what I've seen between Senior Bowl, two days of practice, NFL Combine, I like JT Woods better. So we'll see. We'll see how that ends up shaking out for sure. And Ethan, love you, man. Appreciate you over there uh, in, in England coming in with the, the pounds, just shaking it up for us. See if we're paying attention. Yeah. 
And absolutely. We appreciate it. We got to get out of here pretty soon. One other safety I wanted to give a shout out to um, that uh, impressed the combine and his tape is really good. Uh, Nick Cross from Maryland. Maybe I'm just hyping up the big 10 guys that I've been exposed to, but he tested like an absolute freak. He can play single high. He can play too high. He can play in the box. He can play slot. Um, he's one to keep an eye on. I like him a heck of a lot. Uh, so good, some good safeties in this class and the Broncos should be looking there. Yeah. Here, Scott, here you go for your uh, JT Woods love. The weight is concerning 195 pounds. He's probably just going to be purely a deep safety. He's not one that you want playing in the box with the, the weight that he has. Okay. People like to uh, throw past 10 yards. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's just, <laughs> you got to make sure you get him in the right fit, but yeah. again, really good player, but the, the testing, uh, the 40 yard dash the track athlete ran a four, three, six, 40, 97th percentile for safety, broad jump, uh, 92nd percentile run, uh, jumping 128 inches vertical was 92nd percentile. Uh, Hundred and hands, but you know that's that, that's why you're not a wide receiver, kid. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make you a, we'll make you a we'll make you a defensive back. Uh, but 33 inch arms at 6'2", 195 pounds. He'll play at two ten by the time he's two years in the league. Yeah, he is. Uh, and, and again, he was the one that kept showing for me because again, like you're saying, they're not hitting. You know, you're you're not seeing that at the Senior Bowl. It's all seven v seven stuff and no to the ground. And in the coverage aspect of the game, he was the one that kept flashing for me. And then he yeah. comes out there at 6'2", 436, 40-inch vert. Yeah, I, li I like that guy. Yep. I did. One more safety. Kirby Joseph, Illinois. A big 10. We got to round it out. We got to give him all a shout-out. You know, also, I like his mark coming in, finishing us off, uh, doing doing some of the work after the closer came in. So, Nick, why don't you uh, – I think we're, we're pretty well caught up on this and, and just crossed an hour. And Claude Let's coming in saying good morning. Good morning to you. Aloha. This is an aloha moment for Claude. Aloha. Hello, goodbye. Hello, and, hello, and goodbye. No, Claude's been in a bunch. So, um, why don't you go ahead and get us get us out of here, Nick? The window's open. Tyree Kill's been traded. The AFC West is tough, but if you can find yourself another edge rusher, defensive tackle, right tackle, safety, whatever, to make close the margins a little bit and give yourself that much more room, I think now's the time. I, I agree with you. The window is open. Uh, it doesn't have to close. You don't want to be trading all your future picks to go and get a guy. But if there's some stuff you can do to give yourself even just a little bit more margin uh, for air this season. I think you do it because Tyreek Hill, the chiefs going to be a little bit worse uh, the next two seasons. In my opinion, they're also going to be a little different. I think they're going to try to attack the middle of the field with the yak guys, but we'll see. I think the window's open. I think Peyton, this makes me reevaluate what the plan is. Uh, Cause now I think the AFC West is completely, completely up for grabs. So uh, God bless. We'll see you guys uh, soon uh, next Monday. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, M H H. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, please first off click the uh, the reacts up here. We still got one wow from Dave Glassman. I could use a couple care reacts uh, for you folks who haven't done that yet. We got some hearts: Gary Leeds Palmer, Benjamin Flores, Linda Perez, Dom Hamillo coming in. So thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure you click some likes, share the reaction, whatever. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share to this channel. Um, put it on your socials. Put it on your Twitter twitch you know wherever that'd be very appreciative if you guys listen to after the fact or you have apple itunes at all make sure you find the huddle up podcast and go down and leave us a five-star rating and a comment it helps us a lot um i also really appreciate it we have it in the comments here like oh nick and scott's my favorite i like that for us but i also like it when you put it in the chat so then chad has to see it yeah i want chad to know no but it's a really no it really does mean a lot when you guys go there and do that you can say that Nick annoys me and I'm doing it just so he shuts up. I'll take that too. If it's five stars, you know, uh, smack me. I don't care. Um, but we'll have a good time. Uh, so Scott, what's the rest of your day looking Here's like? Here's a five star review. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, yeah. Have you ever seen Come those on, slap fight things? My yes. God. Yep. 
take yeah. my head clean off my shoulders. Yeah, that, that's a concussion. Like, no doubt about it. <laughs> that guy's dead. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you. Scott, you have a good rest of your day. Um, I will we'll see you guys again. I will see you again Saturday night for Mile High Insiders, and we'll see you tonight on uh, I'll be Huddle back with Zach to finish up the week with, uh, with the Huddle Up pod as Chad gets back from his well-deserved vacation. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a good one. Oh, I could use a vacation. That sounds so good. I've been working six days a week like crazy. Smack my head. <laughs> God, I love you, Ethan. Well, I'm looking forward to talk some more linebacker for you with you today. Josie Jewell, number one in our hearts and souls. Uh, have a good one, guys. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Let's ride. And Jacob Foster. One last one. Jacob said right in the bell. Thanks, Jacob. You guys have a great one. Let's ride. Happy Thursday. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.